Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moore. So, this week on the podcast, we have Rex Ryan. Rex is an actor, a writer, a poet, and a podcaster, and I'm delighted to have him on the show. Rex has a new podcast that I want to give a little plug to right up at the top. It's called Let's Have a Rex, and it's absolutely brilliant. The most recent episode was with Carl Shields, uh, who's going to be you know, a future personality bingo guest all going well, and it's absolutely brilliant. So fascinating and provoking and thought-provoking and informative, and I'd really recommend you to check that one out. Guys, other than that, come check me out at The Rivals in Smock Alley. We are up and running now. The show is at 730 uh, we run Tuesday to Sunday. We have a matinee on Saturday and Sundays as well. And come check us out. It's 18 euro and uh, it's, uh, you know, cheapest chips and it's a really, really funny play. People have been really enjoying it so far and I hope that you will too. Other than that, you can check me out in the Fringe Festival with Fierce Notions, a brand new musical by Fionn Foley, produced by Andy Carberry and the Ill-Advised Theatre Company. That is running from September the 11th, not a bad omen, till September the 18th. Uh, again, with matinees on Saturday and Sunday. That's a 9pm show as well. So you can even check out another show before that. The Fringe Festival is coming up and it's very exciting. That's going to be a lot of fun. Loads of great shows i am sure uh, other than that uh, yeah, i'm gonna be doing king mill king lear out in the mill not king mill that would be an awful name for a play uh, king lear is much better as uh, so doing a bit of a shakespeare uh, after that in the mill so come check that out as well that's in october and then beyond that i um, have some other exciting things too that uh, i'll be able to talk about a little bit later other than that guys the live personality bingo episode is um coming upon us. It's so exciting. Jarrett Regan is going to be my guest playing Personality Bingo in the Tivoli Theatre as part of the Head Stuff and uh, Aiken Promotions promoted um, Dublin Podcast Festival. It's so exciting. There's going to be all the biggest podcasts in the world really are going to be there. I mean, we've got S-Town, my dad wrote a porno, um, just uh, An Irishman Abroad, all these incredible podcasts as well as ones much closer to home on the Head Stuff Podcast Network. I can't talk today. I'm like a professional talker and I can't talk. It's kind of embarrassing. Uh, but we're going to have uh, the Alison Spittle Show, Fascinated, Juvenalia, Reviewables, No Encore, all these wonderful, wonderful podcasts and all the ones that I am leaving out and who are cursing me under their breath. Guys, that is all the news from Personality Bingo for the moment. I am happy to leave you in the capable hands of Rex Ryan playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. On that note, Rex Ryan, are you ready to play Personality Bingo with Tom Moran? Oh yes, bring it on Tom. Okay, so I'll give you a quick explainer, it's super simple. Um, mm. We're going to put 60 minutes on the clock, I have 60 balls here and I have 60 corresponding questions. I've given you five numbers there, I'm right. going to ask you to pick a sixth in a moment and if you manage to you know, take off all of them, if Lady Luck is on your side and your numbers come up, that means that you get to pick a question from your mind and put it back on me. Any question that you like in the world. Seeing as we were just talking about penises, I'll happily answer a question about my penis. Okay, great. Um, Undoubtedly, it will be centred around the penis. Yeah. So, if one of these fellas comes up, I get to... If all six of them come up. If you get one, you just tick it off and we answer the question as normal. You'll answer all the questions. Okay, so it's, um, so it's pretty tough to get a it's question It's pretty tough. Uh, I think India Mullen got five out of six. No one has got six yet. So no one's got to ask you a question? Not yet. And this episode, you'll be number 27. Okay. But like it is, it, it's 100% possible, it just hasn't been done yet. 27, spectacular, my birthday. Whoa. The 27, yeah, freaky. Crazy. This could be, this could be a good omen. And tw- you know 27's a magic number as well. Is it? It's dotted throughout drama, uh, dotted throughout history. 27 is like this ancient uh, Mayan 
I can't, maybe I shouldn't talk in it because it's a complete layman's knowledge on it, but mm. anyway, 27 is supposed to be a magic number. Right. It's like the fourth cycle of a man's life, and it's when you go into transcendence. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I am on acid right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I like that about your podcast as well. I like who you get because I listen a lot of Joe Rogan and Duncan Trussell, and I like that kind of those like American comedians who veer into this kind of other world. I really am just I, yeah, I, and I like their perspective on it because it's kind of like it's a bit more tangible for me, like because they're comedians mm. and they they speak in a language I understand. You know yeah, what I mean? I'm with you, and you get to see a whole different side of the fuckers as well because yeah. I if we only knew Rogan from what UFC Fear mm-hmm. Factor things like that, yeah. I didn't know that he had this whole spiritual side. Yeah, mad into DMT, taking ayahuasca trips and everything in South America, mm-hmm. and I love Duncan Trussell as well. Yeah, you get to yeah they. What I really love is when they get someone stupidly smart and intelligent mm. and that person is sort of forced to meet them on the comedian level yes and then we just get to rob all the knowledge and have Jordan like, Peterson I, that like, amazing just incredible amazing incredible. he's sort of changed how I'm looking at life like oh, that because you know he has a set of lectures that are real dense yeah. and they're on it's Jordan Peterson lectures yeah. but when he goes on to Rogan you know I suppose maybe it's the residual uh, smoke from all the weed or something but he was relaxed and chilled and it's a, it's a different sort of language it's amazing yeah so good. Right, well, let's make our own wonderful podcast. All right. Um, yeah, instead of smoke from weed, we have water and an empty cup of tea. Oh, we're such losers. Yeah. <laughs> I have this River Rock, the sparkling water, sugar-free. It's delicious. Ooh, so rock and roll of you. So I, I know, I'll be burping. All right, here we go. Right. Oh, shit. Wait, I didn't get you to pick a number. Pick a okay. number there. Pick your favorite number between uh, 1 and 60. That's not already down there. Okay. Jesus, I'm out of practice. This is my first one in ages. Yeah, you're rusty. Okay. What did you pick? Do I have to tell you? Well, you don't have to. It's 27. Oh, okay. I had a feeling you might. Yeah, that was um, obvious. Wasn't yeah, it was, but... What look. a letdown. <laughs> what a complete <laughs> obvious shit call. Uh, yeah, 27, no, that's good. I like it. Okay, well, let's see what comes out first. I already rolled, so it's already there, and it is... It would have been amazing if it was 27. It's Imagine. not. It's 13. Do you have 13? Mm, yes. Whoa! Okay. You're right off the bat. That's incredible. So just tick that off. That This is a good start. Rex. And 13, another sort of magic number. Yeah. You know, unlucky 13, death. So, uh, but I still have to a- answer the question. You still have to answer So question right. number 13 is, what are your thoughts on the year 2016? Uh, on 2016? Mm. Um, 2016 was a year of, uh, personally or on a sort of macroeconomic level, if you will. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you, the question was written in around January when everyone was kind of like fuck 2016 man it killed fucking everybody you know this kind of way but yeah. a lot of people kind of said that it was an awful year in that way lots of people died Trump, Brexit whatever your feelings on that are but then a yes. lot of people had like personally great years I think 2016 alright firstly on a wider level I thought it was a year of sort of uh, foreboding I felt like everyone was real scared Mm. in 2016 and we were all waiting for a sort of nuclear bomb of whatever, either Trump's Cafeve or actually a nuclear explosion to happen. Um, I thought 2016 people were a bit... The general atmosphere in the world was there's something weird coming. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I got. And then personally, I had a lot of fun in 2016. Yeah. but also 2016 for me was a year of a lot of work. A lot of work. I was doing a lot of work with my theatre company and uh, that required um, very little obscene women or spending money right, or things like that mm-hmm. in, in order to uh, do plays above pubs for grannies. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my artistic endeavour. The dream. The absolute dream. 
I arrived. Yeah. How? Yeah. How much? Uh, how much? So the Corvus cor- Ensemble. So how much like sacrifice goes into having uh, a theatre company being the artistic director? Hmm. A lot. Um. In relative terms. Yeah. Yes. Of course. First world issues. Sure. I suppose. As white sort of half middle class people, we always have to say that it's sort of annoying, isn't it? But it, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um. We yeah the core ensemble it, for people that don't know I I run a theater company with a guy called Edmund Edwin Milan and we uh, Edmund hello Edmund Edmund, uh, Edmund. <laughs> and we yeah we do plays and I started it with him Tom Hickey and it just it's like anything anything that you want to get right or that you actually want to I the the bad thing is I believe in it you know yeah. so it's like you have to you can't just go oh yeah whatever and, and we had a shit day we so I put a lot into it Tom a um, lot of yeah a lot of sacrifice of mostly time mm-hmm. and maybe potential jobs acting or otherwise mm. things that I'd be interested in like the podcast yeah I had to I had to the core ensemble have a play coming up in the Dublin Fringe Festival it should be a banger I think it cast of eight um, written by Phil Doherty, who's yeah. a brilliant playwright, and uh, I'm not in it just because I had too much uh, stuff sort of going on with the podcast and all that stuff. Because if you're in it, you you know yourself acting in the theatre, you have to be in it, mm-hmm. you have to commit to it, or else it's just bollocks. Yeah. So yeah, 2016, a year of uh, yin and yang. Yes, good mm. as as most years are. I mm. like that. Yeah, and I think 2017 has been a bit more fun and a bit more light. Yeah, I agree. Mm. I've had a really lovely 2017, and there's it, it like it. it I, I wasn't one of the people who like demonized the year because shit happened, but it is kind of funny how like you know, relatively speaking, it's been quite smooth, you yeah. know, on an international level. Sure, yeah. like fucking, it is crazy with Trump. Of course, it is, and sure, like just fucking massive problems. But they're just the, grab her by the pussy. Yeah, incredible, amazing. He rules the world. That guy. It's incredible. <laughs> It, it, he rules us, technically. Yeah, yeah, he does. He has more influence than us than like anyone in this country does, really. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it's sort of, isn't it weird that it's happened and we're in it now? Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. And uh, I think for the most part, yeah, Jesus, Tom, it's nuts. But at the same time, it doesn't really help when millennials just go, yeah, fuck Trump. Um, I, I can't believe what he's doing. And then you go, what's he doing? And they go, well, you know all the stuff. Mm-hmm. They they're they're not informed about it. So no. I I'm I want to meet more people who have uh, real opinions on him and not mm-hmm. just say he's a dickhead. Yeah, which is obvious. Yeah, we we know this. You know, grab by the pussy is not acceptable to say. But you know the thing is, I'd say everyone in his cabinet and Obama's cabinet before him at one point said something similar to grab them by the pussy. So you know. The, the it's a it's a larger issue than Mr. Trump. Mm-hmm. It's a big thing. People, it's like it's unbelievable. And I I lived in America for years, so I have a like I, I would say more American. And I, it sounds so petty, but like Facebook friends than the average person. And Facebook friends is how I kind of would interact with my American friends now, just yeah, seeing yeah. the shit. And the level of like victimization that people are comfortable like people people are most comfortable now. I think being the victim, like yes. even when. There's no, like, nothing actively is happening, because I agree. And, like, you're, I suppose you're right to put the caveat on it as, like, you know, relatively middle-class white people, straight, whatever, living in Ireland. Okay, but, like, 
it's really interesting to see I'd love to be on the ground in America and see like what what's actually happened like is your life actually significantly different yeah. like now to this time last year when yes. Obama was still I, I, I'd just be curious because I don't know yeah I agree with you more news should be like that yeah like uh, it, it seems really obvious to me you got all this news uh, fake news and all the phenomenon of that shit and uh, the thing is please just send a reporter okay say you're, you're send a reporter into a town in Kentucky that has voted for Trump 98% mm-hmm. and ask a guy who isn't a hick with a shotgun drinking beer what they think of Trump mm. and get him to articulate it for us and then we understand versus putting these people on Fox and on CNN and things like that and you're sort of like, okay, you but you have no direct connection to what's actually going on on the ground and that's the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. We, we're, not, we're not connected to it. But yeah... Let's be honest, it's a shit show what's happening there. I did talk, mm. I found, because I, I, I seek out Americans in Dublin and mm. I quiz them mm. and Israelis and stuff and <laughs> say, What are you doing? Um, but I found them, I did find a group of Trump supporters and they reluctantly talked to me about it. Okay. Uh, after l- loads of probing. And they, I said, well, what does it come down to? You know, because you see, well, you were embarrassed at the beginning, you didn't want to admit you voted for Trump and that, what's the story? And uh, they said, look, we are not dumb. We understand that Trump is a dickhead, but we've no other option. And at the very least, we're voting for someone who's going to change something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we have to take big hits with that, uh, we're willing to take those hits. Mm. Because they said if we voted in Hillary, they called her a reptile, uh, they <laughs> said if we voted in Hillary, nothing's changing. We're hopping back into the same system. Um, at least with Trump, there's some, there's some, there's a bit of a shake-up. Yeah. Whether that's good or not, I don't know. But that was their argument. Mm, mm. Yeah, it is a fascinating time. It is. Yeah. It's kind of not. There is something like kind of nice about like watching it from here as well, in relative like safety and comfort. With our nice little Hobbit poet president. I know. He's just the nicest man ever. I know. It's he just amazing. wants to write you a poem and uh, like sip some tea and again. Never read his poems. No, no. Yeah, no, I actually haven't read much of his work at all. We must seek them out. I, I've read some of his political poems, or, or I suppose you'd call them statements. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, he is. He's he's, he's he just honest, I mean, and like that's all you need. Like for an Irish president, you just need to be like a, a like a good figurehead because that's all you are. You don't you don't fucking influence anything really. Yeah, you know, is it? A, I think that's a question. Anyway, is it a job you'd ever do? Could you ever see yourself? Your life takes some weird turn. Could you ever see yourself having an interest in being president? Imagine. Cause you don't think about it, but like someone has to. It's a country of like four million people. Like, do you know? Like, do you know? Like, you probably don't know like hundreds of people. Like, that would be you know significantly more suited to it than yourself, or than like you know people in your life. Well, thank you. I have often been referred to as presidential yes. material. Yeah. Um, <laughs> of Luxembourg uh, or somewhere, but no, it's like. Uh, I have thought about that, not in terms of presidency, but I thought about politics. Mm. You know, maybe even not me personally, but one, a person. Why would you go into it? Of course you want to affect change, but it's like that thing. If you get, say, the let's say, let's look, let's go large scale. Say you get the American presidency. Mm. You're really signing, uh, for the most part, a death warrant of not only your privacy, but your reputation and that of your families as well. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're the best president ever, there's going to be some shit that they dig up about you because that's the process. So I just think 
my and my initial gut reaction to that would be no, mm. just no. Mm. Um, maybe we could have an effect in other ways. Yes, like Marlon Brando and buy an island in the Polynesian islands and make experiments. That sounds good with too. Crabs <laughs> and good-looking Polynesian women. And on that note, <laughs> all right, uh, number. 59. Do you have that? Oh my god, I do. Holy shit, this has never happened before. Is this weird? This is really weird. Okay. That's never happened before. I have 59. Wow. Whoa, holy fuck. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of weird this energy, weird numbers today. Yeah. Okay. We, we could die. <laughs> we might. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm nervous now. Okay, well, what is your rela- relationship to your phone? Oh. Good question. A brand new question. I think you're the first one to answer it. Yeah, uh, the relationship to the phone is a tumultuous one, uh, one of love and hate. Um, like is this a Sylvia Plath poem? Television series, yeah. Um, yeah, Tom, I was, I was literally just talking about this to a writer uh, before I came to you, and we were talking about the the age we're in and podcasts and the pros and cons amazing that people are willing to listen to long form communication mm. which I'd probably personally think could be the saviour of the earth mm. if people are doing more communication and learning how to talk and be wrong and then reevaluate and then just stumble through that shit mm-hmm. with the phones it's like I think it's like a lot of things you can use them as a tool they're great you know um, let's say for us jobs we, mm-hmm. can, we can record ourselves doing He's on the wall and we can send ourselves tapes in and do all that stuff. Mm. And we can, you can contact friends. You can, you can, like the world as a communicative tool, especially for us doing podcasts and yeah. shit like that as well, that we need to promote stuff. We need to do that horrible self-promotion thing. Mm-hmm. They're great. But then there's the thing of their sort of drug. And uh, I was watching this great video on The Big Think. They have a YouTube channel and it's like little bite-sized pieces of science. People mm. should check it out. Savage. Mm. Anyway, there was a uh, one guy. I don't know who it was. Could have been evolutionary biologist Robert Sapolsky. I'm mm-hmm. not sure, but anyway, he was talking about your phone and uh, dopamine, and it was like our phones had turned into dopamine units. So it's like, I'll do the 20 minutes writing and then I'll check Facebook and all feels good. Oh, I got a like, mm, you know, mm-hmm. it's it. And you do, you know what I'm talking about. I you totally get that little jolt yeah, yeah. and uh, I'll check Twitter and oh, she fuck, she followed me. This is a glorious day in Instagram, which I've just got now. Mm. And like I said, I'd rather dip my dick in lava. Followed you today, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. thanks. I saw that. Follow, <laughs> I, uh, I'd rather dip my dick in lava than have another uh, social media account. And, um, but we need it yeah. because we can promote our stuff. So it's great. But um, back to the dopamine thing, it's like we get that little hit and we feel good for a second and then it's gone. Mm. But if you just uh, deconstruct that for a minute, think about what we're getting a dopamine hit from. Um, In the 70s, we might have got a dopamine hit from a great song or a kiss from a girl Mm. uh, or a lovely drink. Tangible things that are real. We're now getting dopamine hits from a screen and a little red notification it's not real mm-hmm. and it's affecting us in a real way so when people are like on their phones and totally disconnected i see in restaurants now little kids on their tablets my dad would have walloped me in the mouth he would have said get off the phone we're at dinner and we're gonna have a chat mm. you know even if you find me boring we're gonna talk about some stuff 
and that was the making of me as a child communication with my dad with my mum um it's a bit scary it is a bit philip k dick a bit blade runner seeing everyone with their heads buried in their phones yeah frowning you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. so good and bad it could be a drug yeah, like, what do you think? Because even you know the way I'm sure, like, as uh, you know, as someone who who writes and podcasts and does and acts and all that kind of stuff, and you constantly, you know, are here and now, like, you know, if you ever, like, I'm sure if you're anything like myself, you're constantly look, like looking at interviews of people who are where you possibly want to be, and they're like, it's the best time ever to be, you know, a filmmaker, a writer, an actor. Just do it on your phone, do it like this. But I wonder how all that's going to affect yeah. the next generation of artists, because that is completely true. Yes, we do have access to do things super easily, of course. But at the same token, first of all, I don't think it's necessarily as easy as that. And I say that as someone who's like, you know, podcasts, who makes webs, like I do other things. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's that simple either. But agree. Um, by the same token, it's definitely going to affect how stuff is made because, like, the the people who are making proper money, you know, in the last few years by with their phones are like Vine artists. You know what I mean? People yes. who got really good at six seconds. Mm. That's a completely different thing to like the stuff that we would have grown up watching and, and probably want to make. It's a different medium, you know. It's a different way to receive entertainment or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Six seconds. If the if if the world's concentration levels have been distilled down to six seconds, like 140 characters, I suppose, was bad enough. Yeah. Um. But six seconds is scary. And you know what? 140 characters on Twitter could be a good thing. Mm. Um. I saw. Oh yeah, John Patrick Shanley, mm-hmm. great playwright, yeah. Danny in the Deep Blue Sea, and he said something I thought was great. He said, "Look, everyone's bitching about Twitter and 140 characters, but you know, uh, if you, it's actually a lovely poetic challenge." He called it to get your point across eloquently in 140 characters. Mm. It's a nice challenge. It is. And if you look at his tweets, they are these real flowery. You know, yeah. walking downstream, write a play, mother, is that you? Hooray! You know, like <laughs> yeah. it's like really, uh, like haiku shit, but. He made a good point. So once again, it can be used as a as a tool. Mm. I don't know how much of a tool you can use for six seconds for. Yeah. God, you know, I was only talking to a guy as well about, you know, the television phenomenon. It's great on one hand that we can get 40 minutes of this amazing shit. But, uh, like, I was sort of losing, for want of a better word, the discipline of sitting down and watching a film. Mm-hmm. Do you get me? Yeah, and, and like, not, like, or I, sometimes I listen to films and I'm watching my phone. You know what I mean? I'm with you. And they're like, this is, you're and doing I'm it angry at myself. Yeah, yeah. Go, Get the fuck off your phone. You've got Bruno Gantz in front of you pretending to be Hitler uh-huh. in Downfall. And I'm looking at my thing. I'm checking, is that Instagram? And I go, Rex, get the fuck off that. Turn it on airplane mode and, and just do the thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Do do what what's in front of you. Yeah, and I suppose it's interesting because you have a, a podcast I mentioned it and I just did the intro before uh, before we started and I mentioned, you know, Let's Have a Rex, which is your podcast, which I've genuinely been really enjoying. That's but, dangerous that you do it before the person comes in. Yeah, well, I'd go, and we, guys, he's a dickhead who's coming in. Well, next. I did flag it because I said, uh, I, I said, thanks so much to Rex uh, for coming in. I really appreciate, appreciate it. I was like, well, actually, I, I don't know how it went. It could have been awful. <laughs> but like, but, um, I lo- yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I just don't have time to do it after I'm running. But, um, but yeah, I know one of the things you've been grappling just in life was like theatre and your relationship and storytelling. And like it is one of the fucking beauties of it is that generally speaking, the phone goes off mm. for 60 minutes, maybe back on at an interval and off again for 50 minutes. Yeah. And that's important. Great point. Absolutely. Like, do you know, even if there's nothing else, like there's something to be said for it. It's one time where you don't have a choice. It has to go off. Yeah. yeah. And it's probably the pretty much the only... When, when else does it have to go off? Even in the cinema... Like you see, people will be checking the time or their message or whatever they're doing. Yeah, 
it's a really great point. You've articulated it in a much more simple and eloquent way than I did because I go on these meandering, uh, like, verbal mind dumps about what's the point. Let's take theatre in particular. What the, I'm like, what's the point? It's so much work. Uh, you stand to lose so much more going to a shit play than you do going to a bad film, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but maybe that the, the core of the thing is it's so incredible that today it probably probably is more necessary than ever to have a group of strangers gather in a collective space and go through a, a story um, without looking at Instagram mm. and actually commit to that. The act of committing to going there and sitting down and watching whatever it is, you know, is, uh, is a statement of, like, we believe in a story and we, we believe in this thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. And Phil, I was in the IFI watching Angels in America, the staged, it's on the National, and they did a National Theatre Live screening of it. So yeah. I was watching it in the cinema. And a great vibe. Everyone rocking in with the sort of same vibe of going into the theatre. Mm. And the, we were all on that level. And as a result, we all went through sort of a really cool experience together. Play was savage, like mm. four hours of mayhem. Um, but there was a guy beside me on his phone for the whole thing. You know, so there's still that... Really? And it was, you know, it was interesting, Tom. It was really jarring for everyone because we had all silently agreed, you know, to through weird theatrical uh, telepathy mm. that we were going to buy into this big fiction together. And you had one guy who wasn't in the club. And it was really, we were all like, ah, you know, get on board, man, because you're sort of messing up the vibe here. Yeah. And it's like, it reminded me of the power of a bunch of people agreeing on something that technically isn't real, and then it immediately becomes real. Mm. Like us doing a play. Yeah. You know, it's again, to deconstruct that, it's so fucking absurd. Mm-hmm. you got a load of people, you're in the rivals now, dressing up in whatever 17th century yeah, nonsense, gear. Yeah. And uh, you all pretend that something's happening that it isn't. And by that very act of it being not real, it's sort of more real. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I do, yeah, I do. Which I, that's the magic of it. And what does it happen? Maybe one in every 10 plays. Yeah. Which is a sad thing, but that's the way it is. It's like a drug. We f- we run after it. Yeah. Mm. It, it's weird. And I wa- yeah. The dude on his phone in the, in the screening is fascinating. Like, what what is yeah. the most offensive part about that? Is it that he he wasn't that like he wasn't willing to get on board that he didn't have the self awareness to know that he was fucking with everyone else's buzz? Do you, I, I've been yeah. thinking about that a lot lately. It was like when I because you know you, you find yourself walking down the street and you're just like like there's people <laughs> around you. There's someone like walks in front of you and you're just like for fuck's sake. Yeah. I was like I, I've been thinking a, a lot lately. It's just like I think self awareness. When I see a lack of self awareness in someone else, that is one thing that I, as a person I can't abide. I'm just it like freaks me out. It freaks me out. I'm just like can yeah. you not understand how that is like yeah. fucking everyone else's shit up? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Is that yeah. what it is about that other dude? Like, because at the end of the day, he can do what he wants. I don't care if he doesn't want to watch the play that you pay to see. That's fine. But it's that his little light is. Just it's just distracting yeah. and it's breaking the thing. Yeah, you're invading our you're invading our setup that we've all sort of entered into together. And I'm so with you. You're flying down the street and someone cuts across. You go for fuck's sake, you dumbass! But then, I think one thing that I've been trying and mm-hmm. I've got better at it over the last while is checking yourself as well. Yes, where you're at. Mm-hmm. So maybe uh, when that person cut in front of me. I was in a rush somewhere and I was late to meet someone and I was feeling guilty and you know whatever and then I get really angry at them but the thing is they're just going to work 
and then they're doing me no harm, you know? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so it's the zone you're in as well. So I was thinking that with this guy who was beside me with the phone. I was thinking, oh, Rex, are you just being like a moaner and like a pretentious theatre head? And, you know, I want him to get involved. But I don't think it was that. I think it was that uh, maybe it was like his act of being on the phone was an act of defiance and it was saying what you're all doing and getting really into is silly Mm -hmm. and you're dumb. Yeah. And we were all sort of like, yeah, well, fuck you, man. We're all buying into it. We know it's dumb, but what what's your issue? Yeah. And I'm with you on the self-aware thing. I'm like, how can you not understand that the whole cinema sees your phone? Mm-hmm. And then apply that to anything else. Yes, you know? I know. Um, yeah. yeah. But checking yourself too. I wanted to blast him in the face. <laughs> that was my reaction. And he did move in fairness to him. After a while, because I kept sort of grunting and moving and like... Did you? Yeah. Farting on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> rightly so. He deserved that, but... Uh, he, I think he felt the, once again, you can have the collective love. I think he felt the collective hatred. Good. And he moved to the top. It was in the IFI. He moved to like the top left-hand corner. Yeah, where he belongs. Stay there, yeah. yeah. So we killed him afterwards. Good, yeah. As He's dead. Yes, he's now an angel in the room. Robbed his phone. Uh, grand. Okay, let's Turns try to get you another number. Granny was really sick. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> you do think, checking yeah. in on her. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah I was listening to an interview with Brian Darcy James, like big Broadway actor. And he was like, said that a guy walked out of his one-man play and he made a comment in, in the play. And then afterwards, your man like stuck around. And the, the dude came back though. Uh, and afterwards, your man stuck around and said, yeah, I'm really sorry. I'm a doctor. Just I needed to like save someone's life. I just want to let you know I wasn't being rude. And like oh, he was wow. like, I am so sorry. Yeah, <laughs> like it was just been going that bollocks. Yeah, like his actor ego was like, you're walking out while I'm doing my work here, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, let's try to get you another number. If you go three for three, that's like crazy. We should end it. We should just that end it. If, the apocalypse if you coming. go three for three, you can ask you can ask the question no matter what else happens, right? Deal. If you go three for three. Okay. Okay. Stakes are high. This is massive. 55. Fuck. Right. Thank fuck. Not even close. Okay. Nowhere, nowhere near anything. I was nervous there. Yeah, could have got you. You're a kind of mystical man. If there was ever a man who's going to get three from three, it was you. I brought in a sort of magician atmosphere today. <laughs> <laughs> Do you consider yourself photogenic? Wow. Um, You're looking really well at the moment. Thanks, Tom. You look, you look bigger. Like, is in built. Yeah, I went back to the gym. Right. From when, I, so we, like, we kind of probably met in, like, November. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for for the listeners, myself and Tom did a sort of site-specific play together. Yeah. And he was WV Yates, the definitive Yates, some would say. <laughs> I think and, so. And uh, I, I was Jimmy James Joyce, sort of a hip-hop James <laughs> Joyce, uh, who was sort of drunk and loved <laughs> yoga. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, Tom, when I first met you, I... Um, I'm admittedly, and to my to my detriment, a lot of the time I'm I'm an extremist. Yeah, like I always have been. Whether that's like you know for really good stuff, uh, ostensibly or really bad shit, mm. I can be an extremist with things. So when I met you, I was deep in yoga madness and uh, sort of trying a vegan diet to see what would happen to me. Mm. Uh, all like self experiment stuff, and a bit of moral thing with the vegan. But uh, so when you met me, I was like real deep into yoga and all that. And life was like hearing trees and shit and very centered and all. Yes. Um, but like anything, if you go too extreme one way, it's there's no, you know, you know, you haven't got your yang. You're just yin and you're going mad. And uh, it was just after a while. The weird thing is you, I got down to like 62 kilograms and my natural weight should be around 73, I'd say. Yeah. 74. 
probably around 77 now because I'm back lifting weights and doing all that and back boxing. Mm. Um, but it was just, it got to a, t- a zone where you're, I was a twig man. You saw me. You, yeah, you were like very, very slim. Real twig man. Uh, but the problem was on the vegan thing, I had loads of energy. So I'm like, my muscle, my body was wasting away, but like I, my head was so clear, mm. you know, mm. um, probably too clear. Like you could just sit there and stare at a tree, you know, for an hour with concentration not messed with. So anyway, got out of that zone and yeah. a bit more balanced now. Still into that shit, but uh, a bit more. I'm enjoying life a bit more now. Drink a bit of wine and kiss a girl and, you know, it's, it's better. Yeah, for sure. It sounds Have a better. steak once a week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Um, but yeah, but question, photogenic. Um, I think photogenic is like some of people who would not be classically good looking you know in inverted commas Mm -hmm. or being be considered uh like hot or whatever um i i'm like attracted can be really attracted to someone who's not conventionally good looking just if they're like free Mm. and if they're open Mm -hmm. and if they're honest or if they have an imperfection and they're sort of cool with it you know that's really sexy and and uh um, alluring mm-hmm. like I'm sometimes really turned off by someone who's quote unquote photogenic mm. and they know it yes it's sort of cringy mm-hmm. do you know what I mean yeah I'm yeah. like uh, yeah so I I sort of maybe prefer someone who it wouldn't be quote unquote photogenic but is like just really uh, comfortable with themselves mm-hmm like personally, I got scars all over my face and stuff and my lip and and uh, you do, yeah. See that? Yes, yeah. For the first time, is that always been there? Yeah, I've never and noticed that before. In good in winter, uh, it like gets much bigger. Yeah, but I got scarred there. Got one there. Got one on the side of my head. Do you want me asking how? Loads of fights, man. Really? Yeah. Uh, when we were a mad group when we were growing up. Um, relatively once again but like just idiots you know where we're like in discos and stuff nothing yeah. too heavy but like every so often I'd mess with someone who actually was hard yeah, you know and yeah. just batter me oh fuck um, so yeah got knocked out in Wes got smashed in the face in the Haypenny Bridge um, fairly innocently usually but actually no, I'll just be honest like not usually too innocent yeah. it's usually messing and, and whatever but my point is uh I was pro- I probably used to be a little bit conscious of them, mm. and now I'm not. And maybe it's because I can I like imperfections in other people, and mm-hmm. um, I'm sort of cooler with with mine, mm-hmm. you know. And I, um, yeah, yeah. And it's like, um, no, it is, it's incredible when you when you uh, when you meet someone who yeah is, is so comfortable. I I found that the first time I went to uh, like drama school, like my first like few weeks months there that's what i was so struck by i was like just you're meeting people who um you know uh i guess who were like you know wanted to be professionally creative and stuff who are generally i'm going to speak generally but like as opposed to i come from like me the, a lot of like brilliant friends and lots of really creative people as well but also like people who i would say would just like um live like more conventional lives do you know yes, what i mean yeah. and uh, then going into like drama school meeting all these kind of like different people probably like more like Outcasty, whatever, like a lot, a lot of, of extroverts as well. Yeah, a lot, a lot of extroverts, yeah. and uh, and and just people who are like, um, yeah, comf- like very, very comfortable in themselves. Which is, I, I don't know about your journey as as an actor, but like for me, certainly, I think that was like the biggest mm. thing for me was to like 
just was actually just a, a level of like comfortability in myself yeah. and like what and like uh, and kind of a, a, again a self-awareness like and i don't mean like i don't mean in the sense of like i do this one thing but like also like an awareness of oh yeah like you know you're you're six foot like you're relatively attractive like that's what you are and that is fine you know yeah that's okay be cool with that yeah, as well th- that's all right yeah that's important Re- i yeah that's very interesting i sort of i remember someone said to me when i just left drama school saying you know you're hopping into auditions straight away and doing all that thing and uh, someone said to me and rex you know you'd be a leading man you're a leading man that's your thing and i was like okay uh right cool um but subconsciously, and I only addressed this like recently, mm. I completely fucking rebelled against that. Yeah. That was part of that skinny thing and shaving my head and going around with a big mustache and all these things. I was like, no, I am not a, I don't want to do, do the leading man thing. I want to be Philip Seymour Hoffman mm-hmm. and I want to do li- characters and I, I don't, I'm not, we're not just this good looking person, you know, mm. or a model or any of that shit. I, mm. So I subconsciously rebelled against that. Um, and I agree with you. Let's say for the acting thing, for me, I I've had a I suppose a relative sort of uh, revelation about it over the last while, and I'm having a lot more fun, mm. and I'm enjoying it a lot more. Maybe because I'm like you, I'm doing other stuff, and the stakes aren't so high. Yeah, and uh, it's just another thing that I do because I actually find it fun, and. Uh, yeah, I think this comes down to a lot of things in life, but it is, it's knowing yourself, mm-hmm. as that fella Jesus Christ once said. Um, it's like going into, say, auditions, and you rock in, and you mightn't even know, because you're not connected to yourself, that you're like totally negatively projecting onto the people that are are auditioning you. Yeah, yeah. And you come out and you're going, yeah, they just didn't really give me a chance or they didn't. And the thing is, you're bringing all your shit into them. They actually are pr- just nice, mostly. And uh, the harsh fact is they don't give a bollocks. Mm-hmm. And you're just there to give the give a little bit of a performance and leave. Um, so I was always okay at that, but I think I've got better at it now that I can go in and I can enter with the default of look these people are nice they want you to get apart mm. so go in and have a bit of crack mm-hmm. and re- relaxation and one note like any actors I love when they get real old they all say the same thing they just go yeah, they go what's the secret or how do you do it or what's the technique and they go look it just comes down to relaxation knowing yourself being cool in it mm-hmm. and then you have a bit of fun and you see actors when they when they just drop it you know like McConaughey and even Ethan Hawke, like he he was in the whole time we were talking. He was in my head. It's yeah, really funny you say that. He's like had his own little renaissance, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, so you can see it in someone it, when they get into that thing called the zone, mm-hmm. and it's really for me. It, it's more like a like we talked about at the beginning. It's a bit like a phoenix. They've had a death, mm. and they've probably destroyed loads of their preconceptions, and they've come out of that this sort of new thing. Yeah. Like Fastbender. It's not, he's not just in a zone, like just kept doing loads of really good performances. He probably just realized something and he tackled everything with that vibe mm-hmm. of uh, whatever it may be. It could be something fruity like love or it could be, you know, just do the small things well or whatever. Mm. But uh, I think that's probably the definition of getting in the zone. Yeah. It's so interesting with like, um, like it was, it was just funny you mentioned Ethan Hawke because he was in my head because it's like he's like, on one hand, 
he's probably like a leading man like he's like if he's in the film like he's probably going to be your your one or two on the call sheet you know what i mean totally, yeah. whatever a leading man i don't even know what it is like um but like at the same time like is he is he a character actor like he's inhabited some great char- like characters i don't know did you see that chet baker movie he did amazing born to be blue fucking great movie yeah like, i loved it brilliant but like you know, so it's all... Took it's all, a big risk. Huge risk. He has an amazing quote, one of my favourite quotes I have on my wall. He goes, like, uh, a lot of people call him pretentious. And he goes, like, I know I'm doing the right... Like, like, if they're calling me pretentious, like, like I'd rather be pretentious because at least then I'm trying. Yeah. You know what I mean? You give a shit. Yeah. Like, pretend... Like, what is that? That's someone else's... Because on, any, only any, anyone else can only project pretension onto you, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think he's a fucking... I love... Like, he's, like, probably my favourite actor. He's amazing. And, and really I'm with you him. with the pretension thing. Like, it's... W- w- things are as important as the importance we give them. Mm. So I was watching a Linklater film called Everybody Wants Some. Have you seen it? No. Amazing. It's yeah. like a, it's like his new version of Dazed and Confused. Right. And it's just a really lovely, simple movie observing a load of jocks uh, on a long have weekend. Have seen it. Pardon me, yeah. The Great. baseball. Yeah, yeah sorry, I have seen it, yeah. So yeah, for people who haven't seen it, it's a load of jocks on a long weekend and it's their first weekend before they go into pre-season training. Yes. And... Uh, there's just a lovely, it's very funny and there's a lot of crack in it and I wanted yeah. to dance watching it but uh, there was also some, re- Linklater's great at this, it was some really deep shit and there was one thing that stuck with me and it was one of the jocks had seen one of his old mates who was a rocker mm. and uh, he was sort of saying to him, yeah look, they people give us hassle about playing baseball but the thing is things are as important as the importance you give them. He, he said that, that's paraphrasing but he's like, this is a game for us, but it's also a lifestyle. It's uh, very important. It's pride. It's a group of friends. And that's a real thing. We could apply this to us in the theatre. Mm. A lot of people would look at that as ludicrous. Oh, you're doing another play. It's weird. You mm. know, and, mm. um, you know, your mum is still going and paying money to watch and support you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're like, but we believe in it. And that makes it important. And if that's pretentious, then whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather believe in that than believe in uh, typing numbers into a laptop all day. Mm-hmm. And fuck it, you can have belief in that as well. But uh, be honest about it and try and make something good from it. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all good stuff. It's all... It's all I don't know. It's all... Um, I don't know. It's just, and I think there's a lot to be said for like podcasts and stuff within that. It's not, and it's not podcasts. It's just, it's just the access you have to like actually. I think that's what's amazing about podcasts is that even if you're with a shitty group of people and a shitty group of friends, you can actually put whoever you want in your ears and hang out with them for three hours a day. Yeah, yeah. That's a fucking privilege. Like, yeah. You can hang out with kind of whoever you want in so much as, you know, you obviously need like real human connection. Of course you do. But you can get all these amazing people's ideas into your head. I wouldn't know half the shit that I yeah. think I know, you know, without the, the just ease of access of like, your iTunes podcasting and just download all this shit for free. Totally, yeah. That's the where it come, becomes a great tool. Like, you can hang around with fucking philosophical kings for an hour, you know, and uh, if you're taking it in correctly, that can only make you better. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. It's great. Or else you can hang around with us in your ears either. Yeah, or you can listen to us <laughs> talk about dicks. We, I think we've actually been... Uh, I was going to say, we're, we're quite deep today, you know. Yeah. Um, do we need a cock joke? Maybe we'll throw one in. We'll, we'll, see, what, we'll, see, what we, we'll see what we get here with this next spin. We started in the gutters and then we came out. Yeah. Right, no number 16. Do you have that one? No. Okay, right. number 16. We need, uh, to start, we need to start getting through them quicker so I can get a chance of getting you, don't we? Well, um, yeah, that's true. But I might, just potentially, depending on how it went, uh, room for some dick in here. Okay, great. Do you remember your first kiss? <laughs>
Because <laughs> potentially, that sounds like we painted a picture that Rex is potentially room for a bit of dick in here. Tom's now bent over the table with his trousers down. And mm-hmm. <laughs> Only a little bit, though. <laughs> there could be, you know, room for a dick in here. Be gentle. First kiss? Yeah. Oh. Wow. First one was shite. Was it? Was it so you went to Wes and stuff like that? What was it? Were you like at a disco or was it behind a tree? You seem to be fond oh, of trees. Oh yeah, Wes, huge Wes goer, and still to this day, Wesley Disco. I've travelled the world, particularly over the last two years. Wesley Disco is the wildest place. Yeah, I have ever been in my life. Really? Okay, and I've been in I've been on uh, the Kosan Road, you know, I've been in the temples of Angkor Wat in Cambodia, and everyone's drinking snake sort of putching and. Uh, Wesley Disco you would go in it was the, it was the concentration of your night yeah. what it was uh, crystallised into yeah. so you did in five minutes what a normal man would do in like three weekends <laughs> you'd rock in woo little bit of a dance uh, get a girl kiss her push her away <laughs> box a fell in the face get kicked out you're in the Garda station three minutes this is how quickly the night would go down oh my God. and it was just uh Maybe that was just me, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, it, it was absolutely wild. But first kiss, it actually wasn't in Wes. Uh, my first kiss was, I had just started hanging around with the cool group mm. in Clontarf. I grew up in Clontarf, and there was a sort of a cool group who hung out on the seafront. Oh, very cool. And I was like, are you getting invited to the seafront? Fuck, man, that's big. Because there were girls there with boobs, and, mm. you know, and we were all the lads were uh, really young and horny and nervous and sweating, and... Uh, I got invited by the leader of the clan and he was like, you know, we're going to go to the dunes, which was the Donny Mount dunes on the beach and we're going to drink. And I was like, well, okay, yeah. So uh, I arrived late. They were all there on the dunes, locked. Maybe we were 12 or 13. Mm. And it was like this thing. The clan leader had decided that I was getting my first meet. You know, he said meet. Are you, yeah, me- are yeah. you meeting her? And he, the clan leader had decided, I, okay, Rex, I, he's been initiated into the crew. And uh, if I hang around with him, he has to have at least kissed a girl. And uh, he sort of knew that I hadn't. Right. And he was doing me a solid, you know, because he didn't sort of say it out to everybody. Because mm-hmm. if you were a frigid, you know, you were your loser yeah. in the group. And For you sure. just could. So much <laughs> slagging. Um, so yeah, anyway, I won't name and shame the girl, uh, Jacinta O'Brien. No, it wasn't. That was my friend's mum. Um, I won't name her, but it was just really shite. Got real locked and then he sort of approached me like, uh, you know, Marlon Brando and the Godfather and sort of just <laughs> waved me towards this girl who I had no physical connection or attraction with. Uh, and... I just went over and and he he's he's like a matchmaker. He goes, yeah, you're you're. He goes, you're meeting you're meeting Rex, and she just goes, okay. And then before I knew it, I was in the dunes kissing her, and it wasn't magic. And I was like, oh, it's real slippery. And why is her tongue like real pointy? Oh no! <laughs> and then uh, afterwards, it, it ended, and you know, you open your eyes, and I, I started looking at her in a big blur, and I go. All right, just walked off. It's such that it's such the opening your eyes thing is such a big thing. There was a guy in my Still. school. There was a guy in my school who who, who was not renowned for not closing his eyes, and they used to call him the fish. <laughs> I remember it. Oh, yes, like 
you fucking so cruel but yeah yeah my first kiss I sort of creepy being the fish though yeah you don't stare at the girl when you're no, doing it no you definitely don't it's almost worse than like wanking yeah while kissing while kissing <laughs> which is accepted that was accepted in Wes yeah fucking hell I was at Wes once but you see I, I was I was um, I was I was which whissing <laughs> I was such a I was I was a very fat child like Super heavy, and right. I never kissed anyone at a disco. I could never. I was very shy as well. Yeah, but yeah. Probably, but probably related, you know. And I could never kiss anyone at a disco, so I used to hate them. Okay. But I used to go. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. You're a turning up there, and if you don't do the thing, yeah, you're 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 an idiot. Like, and sure, I'd have friends coming up being like, "Smell my fingers." Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that was the worst time, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I said that at the start of my last podcast. It was the thing that the harsh realisation when you realise you go to Wes and you get a wank and it's not about enjoyment. Mm. It's about getting the, the numbers up. <laughs> yeah. And I said it's the same for the girls. It was like you've met back in the gaff afterwards. It's like, yeah, I got three wanks. And really what a wank was was just a girl punching your dick. Oh, jeez. You're wearing tight Levi's oh, jeans God. and she doesn't want to do it and you're embarrassed and you're like beside your mates and your football coach runs the disco and oh. he, it's just, yeah. yeah, rite of passage. I I used to just lie. I used to lie. I used to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. kissed, kissed, kissed like five. Like definitely didn't kiss anyone. Like Years. never mind a wank. Yeah. That would have been the wank was. Well, a wank would have been massive. Yeah, I I used to just go. Yeah, they go. You Frigerex? No, no. I kissed the, loads of these American girls in Disney. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, just yeah. And they accepted that in fairness to them. Yeah, I wonder did they know. Maybe deep down they did, but they didn't want to embarrass me. Yeah. The Disney excuse was a long one. It's like, yeah, they're real hot. Mm-hmm. Real, yeah, just out there by Splash Mountain. <laughs> just happened out of nowhere. Where was she from? Munch. America. Yeah. You know, <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> I, I had North. a I uh, made up a Scottish girl uh, in Portugal called Michaela which I thought was a very good name I thought it was very believable yeah yeah Michaela like you'd a bit be- of thought yeah I thought that was good uh, my mom was like Shoon <laughs> Shoon <laughs> or like Moira <laughs> Moira from Texas from Kentucky yeah <laughs> brilliant brilliant right let's uh, let's see let's see if we can get you another one I, I wonder okay. can we get you to to, to close See, we're doing for time. Haven't even. Oh yeah, we're doing alright for time. Yeah, we we've still got a fifteen. Do you have a fifteen? No bollocks. What are your memories of nine eleven? Oh wow, memories of nine eleven. Very, very vivid. Mm. I was on South Great George Street. I was with my mum. Me and mum used to do uh, a day. It was called Our Day, and uh, we'd go into town. We went to the Japanese restaurant Aya. Mm which is now uh, a Yo Sushi, I think. Um, and so we would go to Aya. We would go to Quirky's, Dr. Quirky's The Arcade on O'Connell Street. Mm. And she'd give me a tenner, which was like seismic back then, and I'd go play games. And uh, then we'd go to the soccer shop on South Great Georgia Street. Right. And it was this like old school football shop that did mad obscure jerseys like you get Real Betis alternative jersey you know and shit like that Yeah, uh, football <laughs> nerds will know what I'm talking about here everyone else won't and you could get like Villarreal's UEFA Cup uh, special jersey and I was into all that because I was a football nerd Yeah, and I was in the soccer shop and the dude was notoriously grumpy shout out to him if he's listening uh, but he liked me so there was a rule you're not allowed in the shop unless you had a parent with you if you were young for it what? but, he, but he, yeah, he used to let me be in the shop on my own and mum would bail off and I don't know do whatever she did yeah. um, and come back and get me so they had a little telly up in the corner old school telly and uh, 
I remember looking up and just seeing smoke billowing from the towers and thinking, is that a film? You know, it's like the beginning of hypernormalization. It was like, I don't know if that's real or if that's a film. Because mm. I was mad into action films. I would have been uh, in first year in school. So it was, uh, I should have been in school that day. Oh yeah, one of the perks of the day was that you, you mitched school. It's a great day. Yeah, mum took you out of school. Or didn't even bring you. Yeah. We slept in and then we went. It's amazing. Um, yeah, it was brilliant. So yeah, Tom, very vivid. Um, and the main thought being, oh, they're real people mm. that are falling out of that building. Mm. Bit of a bit of a, uh, a growing up moment there. Mm-hmm. A bit of a realisation uh, that people die, you know, and yeah. that isn't a film. Mm. And Robocop is fake. He is. Yeah, he could have saved it. And probably hard if he was there, it would have been grand. Like Mark Wahlberg, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. Did you ever hear them quotes from Mark Wahlberg? If he was in the plane, it wouldn't have gone down. Incredible. <laughs> he sort of he did a film recently, didn't he? Called The Patriot. Yeah, it's actually supposed to be decent. It's all right. Yeah, he you saw for it. the Boston. Was it the Boston oh, he fire did, department? Or yeah, something. yeah, after the Martins. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg is just gas. Like, yeah, he's someone who's just kind of like, you know, I don't think he's a bad actor or anything. He's actually quite a good actor, <clears throat> yeah. but um. Can be, uh, but he's just funny. He just says like gas films. He always plays like that dude. Yeah, and then or then he'll do Ted, and he'll just be like a muscly guy with a bear, and you're like, all right. Yeah, like half the time he's just drinking protein shakes and uh, having fun. Yeah, and I sort of like him for that. Yeah, but he was, you know what, he was great in the fighter. Yeah, I thought he that's was a good film. I thought he was brilliant in that, and he's put in some. Yeah, he's put in some good ones. But yeah, I think he's enjoying life. Yeah, dead right. Seeing big weights, he's fucking huge. Yeah, yeah. Although he was in an awful movie with The Rock. Like oh, probably three years ago or something, and you're like, oh, the rock is really big. <laughs> like, I know, and he looks like a midget. Yeah, beside him. Yeah, yeah, the rock for fucking phenom. My God, what a man! He's a big man. Uh, right, let's give you another go. Okay, guys, see what we got. But the number fifty. Any luck? Number fifty. No. Number fifty. No, Qu- start, get out of the fifties, man. I'm nowhere near them. <sighs> All right, you're getting aggressive. Uh, what are yeah. your dreams for the next five years? There's a big question for you. That's yeah. That's a that's a that's a very big one. Um, dreams for the next five years. At the moment, I'm sort of on a buzz of concentrating on doing uh, what I can with what I've got mm. really well, and that sort of seems to be working for me over the last little while. In just terms of nice surprises are happening and things are sort of coming from it. Um, so I'd be very reluctant to put a five-year plan in place. Sure. But I know if if you were aiming high, I'd love to have a really well-respected hit theatre company that uh, do, that have money and that do great plays. I'd love to have nailed a few serious film performances. Um, I'd love to have a hit podcast and still be enjoying it and doing it for the love of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to have a bit of cash that I could maybe bring my family away um, and bring mum away uh, and maybe be in love, like madly in love. That'd be nice. Mm. Like crazy in love. Have you ever been crazy in love before? Yeah, I think maybe it's where you're at at certain moments, isn't it? But yeah. um, I think I have, yeah. I have been in love. I have been in love. Yeah, and it's a beautiful thing, but um, I don't. I I often think, it, uh, like, do we have a right to demand that that the love has to be for your whole life? 
yeah. I'm sort of happy that some maybe one love I had was only a year, mm-hmm. and I'm really cool with that. Yeah, because I, I and that doesn't make it any less of a real love than a 25 year marriage. You know, sure. I'd like an intense love for a year, and it was brilliant. Mm. You know, and uh, I had a I had a girlfriend for four years, and certainly loved her. Yeah, and in different ways, you know, uh-huh. in different ways. But uh, true love is just probably where you're at at that moment. Of course, like, yeah. You feel it then today, and like now. I love you, Tom. Yeah. I, uh, I love you too, right. well, Yeah. What's What's less real than that? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It, yeah. It's a weird thing, isn't it? Like the, it's it's one of them. <clears throat> it's such a big feeling, and then it can just, I guess, like anything. But it's just that then it can just go. It's one of them things you think like once you <clears throat> get it that like it's like it's a given, but it's it's so not like it, it yeah. goes like like anything like yeah. loving anybody it doesn't even have to be like romantic like whether it's a friend or a parent or a pet or whatever the fuck it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or like even, you know, I feel like I, some stage performances, like some some girls I, uh, are, like men as well, like there's different types of love. I felt like some performances, I like I love you for an hour and a half. Mm. I'm actually in love with what you're doing or whatever. Yeah. But that's like a totally different thing. That's mm-hmm. to, you know, so I think, yeah, different types, definitely yeah. different types. Yeah. Which is good, yeah. What would uh, what would the situation be if I needed to take a piss? Uh, I think we could. You, could you do eight minutes, or do you want to just go pee? Because you could just edit that, couldn't you? Yeah, we can. I can get Taz edit. I can just make a mark. Go pee. Okay. One sec. It's that fucking sparkling water. No, I know where that's. It'd be sort of funny if you left it in. You would have heard. I'll happily do that. I'll riff. I feel like that was a challenge. All right, Taz won't even listen to this because she's away in like Thailand or something. All right, I'm gonna rex. I'm gonna riff while Rex is peeing. Um, we were talking about being in love. Yeah, which is good. It's good to be in love. Um, all right. If you're listening to the podcast and you're in love right now, assuming that you're listening in your headphones, just do a little blink. Just just close your two eyes for a sec. And if you're not, just feel the loneliness that I just made you feel. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry, that was trying to. Be, that was meant to be a nice moment, but it wasn't really. Um. What's a question that I'd love Rex to answer? I won't I won't make him, but I'm just gonna put it out there into the world, see what'll come up. I would love to know I'd love to know a character from Rex's hometown. I feel like he's a very good storyteller. Actually, I'm very fond of Rex. You should listen to his podcast. It's uh it's very, very good. Do you have any un- he definitely has unusual fascinations, one hundred percent. Um I think he is photogenic. I think he was being modest. Um and he has an obsessive personality. We've actually got through a lot of it. I, I did riff Rex. I instructed the listeners that if they were in love, assuming they were listening, you know, on their headphones, to just blink, just so, like, you know, they'd know themselves just to affirm that. And then if they didn't, just to feel the loneliness of not being in love. And, yeah, just accept the fact that <laughs> you will probably stay in that state for the rest of your life. Yeah, die alone. You lonely bastards. Be eaten by your cats. Love. Yeah, it's a strange old one, Tom, isn't it? Very strange. Deserves to be seeked out and given respect. That's one thing probably by 2017 has been a lot more uplifting for me as well. Mm. Uh, letting a bit more love into our lives. Mm. We get real serious. Yeah. Me in the theatre. Yeah. Particularly. And we can take it all a bit. We talked on one hand about us making it real and making it magic for, you know, and, and believing in it. And then on the other hand, it is nice to sometimes just 
uh, realize you can eat a fucking Domino's before your play and you'll still be able to do it and you don't have to, you know what I mean? Yeah, because, uh, and it's so funny, It, it that is actually really interesting. Let's talk about this for a sec. Um, I've, I've accepted you're not going to get sick, so you can go fuck yourself with your numbers. Oh, fuck <laughs> you, man. <laughs> but it started so well and now it's quite pathetic just with two, isn't it? But two isn't bad, man. People have whitewashed and got nothing. Oh, have they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. India got four? Five, I think. Or whatever India. Fuck her. She's emigrating now. Better. Yeah, exactly. So, so <laughs> India's a pretty good man. I don't, um, yeah, yeah. India's number two back in the day. Jesus. Wow. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's very funny because even we were talking about it earlier and uh, it's so funny because, um, uh, yeah, like I, you know, write plays and stuff as well, which I'm, I'm very passionate about. Like if, if I had a five-year plan, it would be to be in a place where like I am would be able to like live off making, well, I not even, yeah, that I could live off making my own content content don't get me wrong yeah. I, I would yeah. love to be in films and in the gate and the abbey i really do i genuinely want that in my life at some point but then you know then you're also making you know plays like the rivals which is a 1700s play it's not going to change anyone's life it, yeah. it definitely won't doesn't make it illegitimate you know i've also like you know worked in panto you know that's going to make like some kids christmas it definitely will like people yeah. love it but it's not going to it's not going to change the world 100% wrong yeah. but then in the stuff that you're making like you know this podcast just some people that like there's a lot of people that like really really like this and then you make a web series or something and you're like oh, i really can stand over that or like a play and like i can really stand over that and i yeah. suppose to like move into a place like artistically which i think like you're probably trying to do like i know you're like poems and your podcast and like with the theater company and all, where you can like make make kind of make yourself commercial without becoming commercial if yeah, that makes sense it makes a lot of sense yeah uh, if I was to go back to that five year question mm. the and a simpler answer would be full autonomy yeah my goal in life is to do my own shit mm -hmm. you know and then when you hop into other places it's uh, I think a good question to constantly ask ourselves is why 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 are we doing a certain thing? Mm -hmm. And really be honest with ourselves about it. If it's an ego thing, admit that. Why are you doing something? If you need cash, admit it. And it will become easier, you know? So the why is a massive thing for me. So ideally, I want to work with people that I think are really cool and generous and full of love and, and they know what their why is. Mm. And uh, I want complete autonomy in a lot of the stuff that I do. Uh, like in terms of I'd love my theatre company to be just doing original plays. If I was in films, you know, it'd be great if I was the one who wrote them mm. and was in them, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think most people that I really respect in the creative sphere uh, mix and match. So there's a, there's a compromise without it being a dirty word of uh, doing the gigs, you know, um, in places that you can't. Like if we want to do whatever Vikings and you want to do a giant t like 200 million euro scene in Paris and have a big battle you're not going to get that together with your web series but if you go in an audition and put yourself through a bit of suffering mm -hmm. and you get a part in Vikings you can go have fun and do that yeah so recognize when you need help and recognize when uh, you should be doing your own stuff but really if we're talking dream territory Tom when it comes down to it like you know Stanley Kubrick and uh Let's bring it down to theatre level in Ireland. The you know someone like Pat Kinavan mm -hmm. who writes his own stuff, does his own stuff, and you see that's you see when it's just spewing from someone's soul Incredible. that they believe in their shit. Yeah, and he Pat's probably listening to it and going, "Yeah, well, I'm real bored now doing it, or I don't know." But mm. anyway, it comes across that if you're doing something that's yours and you believe in it, there that's the best. 
and you can do that within different constraints. You can do that in the gate. Yeah, you know for sure if you want. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's and it's all an interesting time at the moment. Just lots of lots, lots of change. Lots of change. Yeah, no, which I is think good. It's exciting. Yeah, it is. It Great is Gatsby good. was fucking. Great. Yeah, I need to see it, man. I, I, a lot of fun. I'm going to catch it in September on the other end of the Rivals because we kind of clash with it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, fun. fun. Yeah. Just drinking, running around the gate like a Good. lunatic dressed up. Good. Do you drink? Yeah, uh, yeah. I had in my head that you didn't drink. I didn't when we knew each other. Right, okay, I yeah. Was all, I was off it, part of the extremism yeah. again. No, back having a bit of wine. Nice. And I can safely say enjoying it. Yeah. Um. Need, need to be careful once again extremist mm-hmm. and I've I've gone through stages of just being locked yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no really enjoying it now going out and having a glass of wine and you know what I really love What's that? Christopher Hitchens said this uh, he said I love Hitchens do you ever watch any of Hitchens' videos not too much okay people if you want to laugh just look up Hitch Slap <laughs> Hitch Slap he's like a public <laughs> in, was an amazing public intellectual uh was probably best known for a war against atheism, or a war against religion. He was like uh, the quintessential atheist. Right. So he hated religion. And uh, anyway, Hitchens, he was a very preppy English guy, and you know, he sort of talked like this, and he's very definite in how he speaks, mm. and uh, he was very preppy and funny. And he would say, uh, he said one quote, let me say this because it's funny and I like it. He mm. goes, uh, unfortunately, he got esophageal cancer, and uh, he was dying. Very public death. Okay. But, defiant till the end amazingly brave man and still spoke out against religion and what he thought the dangers were of it and uh, he got a lot of hate letters from uh, some religious fanatics you know Mm -hmm. and they were saying how ironic is it that God has chose to kill you by destroying the organ you most blasphemed with his voice yeah you know speaking Mm. ill of God and Hitchens's reply was well I've sort of got these things and they say uh, they say that this is the organ that I most blasphemed with but uh, I reply to them there's another organ that I've done a lot more blaspheming with <laughs> and thank God he didn't take that and I was like yes he's still alive he's having sex amazing and he's there but uh, Hitchens back to the original was um, he said some of the best glasses of wine he's ever had have been alone I love a few glasses of wine and a good film mm. on my own. And I actually don't like the stigma that people go, oh, you can't drink on your own because it's weird. It's I really like it. You're with your own thoughts. I'm watching, re-watching like 2001 A Space Odyssey and I'm I'm just in a slightly different zone because I'm having a drink and mm. maybe the other, th- we I think we both probably think a lot so the thoughts are dulled a little bit and I can connect a bit more with the thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally know what you mean. Yeah, I, I've been in a weird place with drinking. I, I stopped drinking for the first like five months of this year right. and um, and then, but now I'm kind of in a place where like I've started, yeah, like having like a glass of wine again or like if I'm going out with like just one friend, like me and a mate and you know, I don't like not drinking in that scenario because I feel yeah. like I'm I'm kind of imposing that or them or that will make them feel weird. So I'm like I'm drinking then, but it's funny like if I go, you know, if there's a big like night where there's loads of people out, like I don't I don't I don't. It's real nice. I don't like actually want to drink in those nights, yes. but I like having that more quiet drink now. I think that's yeah. where I'm good with that and I don't need it socially anymore I think I used to be very shy and stuff but now I, I don't uh-huh. need it you know and just have a nice non-alcoholic beer or something that's really good yeah I'm at a nice yeah. place loser yeah loser with my non-alcoholic beer if you were in my school now South school, someone would just go queer queer um, faggot uh, yeah gay gay, gay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm with you, Tom. I, I like it's that. very uplifting now that I can have uh, a glass of wine with a close friend. 
or bottle of wine, whatever, yeah. and really, really enjoy that. Um, yeah, the drinking thing is weird. I, I can honestly say from someone who's been off it for a long time and been back on it and done mm. the thing, um, it can be really alienating when you're not drinking yeah. in Dublin. Yeah. Like, seriously. And uh, drinking, like the phone, like whatever, can be used as a really lovely tool mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And not to feel guilty about it. It's a great social lubricant. Yeah. And not to think you're just nervous, but it actually, uh, it's, you know, the Greeks used wine so to loosen the tongue mm-hmm. and Plato would have a chat and the, you know and they'd have their wine and it was a tool a philosophical tool um, so I think if you use it right you know and back to Hitchens he's the best man for alcohol quotes mm. he says uh, at the very least have a, have a drink at dinner because if your company is boring at least you'll be getting drunk and it makes him a bit more bearable yeah hey something yeah. to be said for it fucking that's a good point being single and not drinking that's tricky very I, I, I very yeah like because what like what do you do like you go okay go for coffee like for like but how many coffees can you go on yeah do you know what I mean it can be you know what it can be a bit insulting to some people for example I met someone yesterday and they offered me a drink upon arriving and I wasn't in the mood didn't want a drink I certainly didn't want a whiskey um, but it actually would have and me a year ago would have been defiant against this just being difficult and I said you know what it's actually a nice respect thing for me to have this drink with this person mm. and not start this meeting off on a on a sour note no I'll have a green tea mm. and I know people might find that you know they go no you should be able to have whatever you want but in that situation I just thought you know what this man wants to sort of have a drink with me I'm gonna just do it yeah whatever yeah you know it's not a it's not a big deal if you can bottle of whiskey later I was in prison <laughs> Right, uh, you went back to Wes. They're like you're too old, man. It's <laughs> like Wes. Fifteen that's years ago, me. maybe. <laughs> it's me. I'm back at the soccer shop. That's not even there. Yeah. Where is he? Let me in. Shout out to soccer shop, man. Where are you now? Get him on. He's like, you know, you need. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. And I'm a soccer nerd. I miss that shop. I, oh, I amazing. Like, He's yeah. probably listening to this, going, "That little bollocks." Yeah. He's like, Always like in here. Never bought anything. Yeah. His mum slipped me fifty quid. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Smell the sushi. <laughs> Horrible. Right, let's do one more. Let's okay. do one more. Um, uh, we've we've waffled. Yeah, we have waffled. It's been a lovely waffle. Yeah, I loved it. Um, all right, let's let's do one more. I think I, I've learned. I've learned Sim- today. Good, it's, good, it's good to learn. I've learned from you too, man. I am. Um, I learned. It's twenty-seven. It's not. Fuck it's forty. Me. Would you not have been tempted to lie? No, it's. I mean, yeah, I know. All I have is listeners' uh, trust, man. You know. That's it. Yes, as opposed to my podcast, which is just mostly based on lies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so twenty-seven. You didn't make it today, but whatever. Yeah. Um. But question number uh, forty. What? What? what is, oh yeah. Uh, if you weren't, then if you weren't Irish, what nationality would you choose to be? I assume you are Irish. You could easily be Italian. You yeah. do have a very like American Italian. Just good hair, dark features, good tan. A nice grease content on the skin. Yeah. Um Yeah. Quote that's a sort of interesting question, Tom. Mm. Um What people have I found? I suppose I could turn it into like what nationalities I I I found that I connected with recently mm. and I really 
Okay, I was talking about this with someone the other day. You know, some people, some some nationalities are very open when you first meet them. Yeah. Like Americans, hey, how you doing? This fucking fantastic, and you like immediately meet them on a on a level of connection, which is great of mm. optimism mostly, and uh, you can sort of rock straight into whatever you have in common. Um, on the other hand, say you've got someone from Russia or Lithuania or um, one of the former Soviet states, they've, they're at the offset, they're usually quite serious people. You yes, know? yeah. And there's a bit of a barrier there. But the thing is, once you break it down, it's so rewarding because you've got like a really deep thing with them. Yeah. And it's a different sort of vibe. It's a different sort of relationship. So I've sort of, I had this great Russian friend and it took a long time for me to understand them. But then once I did, it was like, you know, the contradictions within the Russian people are amazing. But I really, I sort of love their stoicism. Mm. And uh, I love their wry smile. Uh, when they, when we talk, like we're just idiots. It's like they sort of know something that we don't. Yeah. Maybe it comes from years of tragedy and years of like, really real shit happening in their country and the Soviet Union but I sort of like I like the knowing eyes of uh, Eastern European people and their sort of relaxed uh, demeanour mm -hmm. so I don't know maybe I'd like to try be a Russian wow. for a while yeah, and see what that's like I could see that well, you, you've got that extremist bone in your body as well. I think that there's something like that in the Russians, I think, as well. Yeah. You know, I think they'll double down. They can work. <laughs> Do you remember the gulags? The gulags. <laughs> incredible. 60 million. Like, that's tragedy. What? Yeah, yeah. I don't know about the gulags. Stalin responsible for the death of 60 million people. Fucking hell. Like, I, that's something we... That's just a number. Yeah. We can't get our heads around that. No. So, yeah, that, some of their... Uh, the sad eyes must be from that history has to be you know that's like 15 famines or something do you know what I mean I know I know and it, it, it's in a way you know it's that thing it, it makes you feel really fucking lucky yeah my god like 60 million and if we're moaning oh I didn't have my kale shake before the rivals tonight mm -hmm. it puts stuff in perspective really quick doesn't it very quickly 60 million yeah um, so yeah maybe and you know what I love being Irish yeah. I actually love being Irish. I love being Irish We're too. a walking bag of ridiculous whiskey-filled Guinness-soaked contradictions and it's great. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, uh, yeah, love of language and also some of the dumbest people on earth. It, like, we're just, we are ambiguity personified yeah, there's as a, a race. there's a lot to be said for it. Mm. There is loads to be said. Yeah. For but I like, yeah, I love Ireland. I love Dublin. Yeah, I love Dublin as well. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I, d t I was having a, I was having a, I was having a, uh, should I go to London morning? You know them? Yeah. Yeah. For me, no. Yeah. Uh, the answer was, was uh, categorically no. Unless something real big was there that I had organised, you mm -hmm. know? Unless you're doing The Caretaker on Broadway, or on the West End, uh, or on Broadway afterwards. Um, yeah, I've got a lot of friends who went over there and got a bit lonely. Yeah. Even with stuff. Of course, yeah. And, you know? Yeah. Do you think about it? I did. Yeah. I've gone over for a few auditions or whatever and mm. done that thing. Yeah. And I had a nice time. It's just a different energy in that city. There is. Than what we have here. Completely. Dublin is a lovely mix of the metropolis and the local. Mm -hmm. So we, we uh, I think people, even if they'll tell you to fuck off, you bollocks. Yeah. Uh, the underlining or the default position of Irish people, I think is one of uh, generosity. I think so too. Willing to give a bit of time. Yeah. 
and that's magic for me because a lot of cities don't have that that's very special yeah well thanks for giving me your time Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I know, in all honesty, uh, it was really, really good. And as I said, uh, let, t- tell the people uh, about any like Twitter, the podcast, the play in the fringe. Just do a little, do a little wind up. Okay, great. I'll do the bobs. thing. Yeah. Okay, people. Um, if you like podcasting, which I assume you do because you're listening to this, I have a podcast which can be found on iTunes or SoundCloud, and it's called Let's Have Rex. Got yeah, got five episodes up. Most recent one is with Mr. Carl Shields. If you want to just start with one that involves loads of talk about dick and the theatre and life, uh, that's a good place to start. And uh, Twitter RexRyan89 at RexRyan89. I put all the stuff up on that uh, blog, RexRyanBlog.com. All the podcasts are fed through that as well. And Facebook RexRyan and recently Instagram. Despite my fucking complete reluctance uh, Rex Ryan 1989 so yeah they're basically all just ways of me to feed the podcast through and talk about uh, stuff that I like and then my company the Core Ensemble will have a play in this year's Fringe in Smock Alley Main Space um, and it's going to be incredible look look at our website for all the details on that that'll probably be the most detailed one so www.thecoreensemble this has caused caused mass confusion around the Irish theatre scene mm. the C-O-R-P-S E-N-S-E-M-B-L-E so thecoreensemble.com and all the shit should be up there amazing man you're a busy dude I like it so all good yeah. yeah thanks for the all luggage good. absolutely man thanks so much for playing personality bingo my brother much appreciation nice one So guys, that was Rex Ryan playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. A massive thank you to Rex for taking the time to do it. It was an absolute pleasure. I say that I haven't actually recorded the podcast yet. He's about to walk up the stairs. But anyway, I assume it is. Rex is a deadly person. This has probably been great. Uh, guys, a few thank yous. A massive thank you to everyone for listening. First of all, to Nad, to Stacy, to Liz, Alper, to all the guys who always get in touch, to anyone else who wants to say hello. It's always appreciated. Kieran O'Brien as well. I always forget to thank Kieran, but he's great at saying hello. Uh, guys, if you enjoy the show please let me know and please tell your friends uh, we want to grow we want to grow we want to grow it would be great um, and you are the best way for us to do that a massive thank you to Taz Kelleher the boss woman for editing producing and mixing the podcast check out her podcast In the Shower with Marcus O'Leara and Taz Kelleher I actually think it's Taz Kelleher and Marcus O'Leara because um, women uh, other than that guys a massive thank you to Liam Moore and Anthony Manley for the wonderful theme music to Connor Nolan for the artwork to Paddy to Alan to Sean to all the interns the, um, the promoters of um, the Headstuff Network uh, it's such an honour to be with you guys and thank you guys as I said book tickets to our live show at the Tivoli Theatre on September 22nd at the Headstuff um at the Dublin Podcast Festival, uh, promoted by Headstuff and Aiken Promotions. It's so exciting. We're going to be paired with an Irishman abroad. My favourite podcast, uh, Jarlath Regan, is going to be my guest. Roddy Doyle is going to be his guest. It's a double header. Tickets are available at Ticketmaster right now. Go get them for the September 22nd at the Tivoli Theatre. Guys, that is all the personality bingo news for the moment. As I said, come see me in the Rivals. Go check out the web series, Fix Me. It's on YouTube. I'd love to know what you think. But other than that, say hello at Timor93 and tune back in next week for another episode of Personality Bingo with Tom Moore. HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details.